You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? I hope you are doing fantastic. Hey, last week I told you about a couple of things. I want to remind you I'm having a podcast contest during the month of August. So if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, if you like me on Facebook, uh, follow me on Instagram, like me on LinkedIn, I will hook you up with points to enter into this contest. And the prize is a $260 gift bag that includes a really nice computer bag slash kind of a briefcase, but like a really cool one. I totally want it. A umbrella, a pen, a coffee, travel coffee mug, a battery recharger that is seriously, like, it's intense. It's heavy. It's really a good one. And $50 gift cards, three of them. Um, So $150 in gift cards. Come on. So hook me up and I will hook you up with the contest. The other thing is first webinar of the uh, of the year is August 14th. The topic is choosing a career path. Every second Tuesday of the month at 7 o'clock Eastern, I will have a webinar. You have to sign up ahead of time. The uh, place to go to sign up is on my website, exclusivecareercoach.com slash webinar dash sign dash up. Get up, sign up there, and, and the format every month will be the same. 30 minutes of content taught by me, and then 30 minutes of Q&A around that topic. You guys can ask me anything as long as we kind of stick to the topic of the month. And if you're super brave, and I hope you will be, you can be coached live by me. You'll actually be, um, I'll promote you to a co-presenter so people will get to see you. And I will coach you just like we were in person over these are going to be all be on zoom so you are going to get um, some really great coaching at no charge it's all it's part of the deal because i because i love you guys so much so i am hooking you up all right so do it all right today so this month we're talking about kind of professionalism in the workplace and i want to cover work etiquette today now i know that sounds dry and boring but i promise make it interesting so here's the deal Wikipedia defines work etiquette as a code that governs the expectations of social behaviors in the workplace. This code is put into place to respect and protect time, people, and processes. But here's the deal. There's no universal work etiquette standard. So let's think about that. So we're saying that there is a code in any work environment that governs social behaviors in the workplace, but it's not universal. So what does that mean? It means a couple things. First of all, you're going to have to find out what is your company's etiquette, what is acceptable practice in your company, and I'm going to talk about some of these things. And then also there are some, which is mostly what I'm covering today, kind of those universal things that really aren't acceptable, regardless of how relaxed the work environment is. So what I'm really trying to hit today is that These are pretty much the universal things that are accepted. But again, they're not written down oftentimes. Many companies don't provide a handbook with this kind of information. They either don't have an employee handbook or have any kind of orientation, or if they have it, it doesn't cover these things. 
and oftentimes the reason for that is that people who, by the time they're at the point where they're writing orientation manuals or they're writing employee handbooks, they take for granted these behaviors as being known by everybody being, everybody knows this, we don't have to go over it. And the fact of the matter is, you do have to go over them. Everybody doesn't know them. And it can really harm your work environment. I remember back, oh my gosh, this is years ago when I lived in Georgia. And I was working at uh, Columbus State University. And my secretary's daughter worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is one of the big employers in Columbus. And I happened to be having a meeting with two of the recruiters from Blue Cross Blue Shield one day. And the secretary had asked me to put in a good word for her daughter who had applied for an, a position in HR at Blue Cross Blue Shield. She was working in some other department at the time, but she wanted to work in HR. And I brought up this girl's name and I immediately saw the look between those two recruiters. And I said, hey, hey, wait a minute. You got to tell me what's going on. I don't know her well. Her mother's my secretary. She asked me to say something. I am not, you know, married to this woman or anything. What's the deal? And they proceeded to tell me about how this individual looked on dress dance. They had a, a casual Friday policy there. And she would come in in torn jeans, not in a good way, like, you know, where you buy them torn. They were just in bad shape. And dirty T-shirts that were too big for her. And she would sit in the break room during her lunch hour and would chomp um, you know, her food and, like, chew gum during the day. And she was just very unprofessional. And I thought that that was fascinating because nowhere did those women tell me anything about this individual's work performance, her reputation at work, you know, her job performance. It was all about how she showed up and how she looked. Now, later in the month, we're going to be covering dress and kind of what's happening in the dress and grooming, you know, world when you're an entry-level employee. But today, I really want to kind of talk about work etiquette. But I think that that story just points out that oftentimes it's not your work performance that gets you into trouble. It's not your you know, record of achievement or your sales numbers or whatever the metrics are that are used in your particular department. It's the rest of it, the, the professionalism. So let's go over my top. First, I have my top 20 tips for work et etiquette. All right, number one. Always stand when you are being introduced. So just stand up, whether you're at, um, you know, you're at a meal and someone comes up and you're going to be introduced to them, you're at your desk working, whatever the case may be, stand up. Number two, always state your full name when you are being introduced or introducing yourself. I cannot tell you how many times I have introduced myself to someone. This happened just the other day with, I went to, um, I'm going through some physical therapy for something. And the physical therapist didn't introduce himself. And he's, he came up and he's like, so you're Lisa Edwards? And I said, yes, hi, hi, let's, and just go back. And I never got his name. And the only way I knew his name was on the sheet that they gave me when I checked out. So state your full name. Number three, practice a firm business handshake. When I used to teach etiquette, meeting etiquette and dining etiquette at Truman State University, we would all practice handshakes. And so I can kind of tell you without you seeing this, what the anatomy of a good handshake is. So first of all, your hand should be perpendicular to the floor, not parallel. All right, so put your hand perpendicular. Do this with me. Hand perpendicular and kind of hold your thumb up, right? So your thumb is up away from your other four fingers, right? You're going to connect with the other person thumb joint to thumb joint. So that web 
in between your thumb and, and your pointer finger, that's where you're landing with their web between their thumb and forefinger, right? Thumb joint to thumb joint, right? And then you're going to put just enough pressure in your fingers to be firm in the handshake without being bone crushing. But I also, especially women, don't want you giving a wimpy, wimpy handshake. I want it to be enough, you know, firm enough. But guys, sometimes you can go overboard and you can actually like leave imprints on the person's, you know, around their rings and stuff, such because, because you've been too kind of too tight, you know, you've, you've held on too tightly. And then you only want to pump once or twice. You don't want to just keep, I call that the used car salesman handshake when you just keep on going. So one or two pumps is all. And then while you're doing that, you should be stating your name and making complete eye contact with the other individuals. That's a proper introduction. Number four, dress appropriately for your work environment, the tasks you'll be performing that day, and your body. So let's break that down. So your work environment, what's the dress code of your com company, of your department, of your function? Like, so what's the whole overall kind of deal? Then secondly, what are the tasks that you're going to be performing that day? So I think there's nothing more, um, I don't know, unfortunate looking than someone who's maybe cleaning out a file room that day. That's, the, that's what they were going to, and they knew it going in that morning. We're going to be cleaning out the file room, and they have, they have on a suit. Or conversely, they're wearing sweats, and some big person comes in, important person comes in to meet them, and here they are in sweats. And so... Really think about the tasks you'll be performing. Will you have contact with outside uh, people or other departments that day? What are the tasks you're going to be doing? And then finally, your body, right? So we're going to be talking about that later in the month. I'm going to have a special guest who's going to talk about that some. But really consider what is appropriate dress for your body. And guys, you just can't screw it up nearly as much as we women can. So women, really think about it. And if you have a friend who will be honest with you, go shopping with you so that you're buying clothes that are an appropriate fit for your body type. Number five, be generous with written thank you notes. You cannot go wrong with a thank you note. I, I've always been surprised when, like when I was in higher education and students would come to me and they'd say, this happened, should I send a thank you note? The answer is always yes. What's the harm in it, right? No one is ever going to go, oh, I really liked them. I was really considering them for this job until they sent me a thank you note. You know, assuming that you don't completely botch the thank you note itself and put the wrong person's name in there or misspell the company or something like that. As long as you write a good thank you note, it's always going to be well regarded and, and, and well received. And notice I said written thank you notes. Now, some people deal much more in the realm of the digital, I'd much rather have a written, you know, an, a, an email thank you note. But I think a lot of people that were kind of going full circle and they're kind of loving the written thank you note because it is so uncommon this day. Like, for example, I send, which is kind of a thank you note, I send birthday cards through the mail to all of my old clients. I get their birthday on my initial intake form when they sign on as a client with me. I put them on my calendar once a month. I was just doing it this afternoon for, for August. I write out all the birthday cards for all of my clients that have birthdays in that month. And I get really great feedback that from them because they don't get, I mean, I can literally go months, go years and not even get a thank you or, or get a birthday card at, at in my birthday because people just don't send them anymore. So thank you notes are the kind of the same way. They're, they're special because they've become so unusual. Number six, always arrive on time, whether it's to meetings or just to work. Do not become known as that person 
that's always late, that person that the boss has to tell a different time to so that you'll get to the meeting at the same time as everybody else because you're always 15 minutes late. I used to have a coworker when I lived in, when I worked at Columbus State University who had a lot of meetings downtown. In Columbus, the main campus was not near downtown and downtown was pretty congested, you know, a lot of one-way streets, like a lot of downtowns are, very difficult to navigate. And you just, there's no opportunity to make up time. The only way, the only thing that's going to happen <laughs> is you're going to lose time, right? Because you're going to get stuck in traffic, you're gonna stop, stop, uh, stuck in the lights and all that. And regularly, she would be talking to me. And let's say she had a meeting at 1.30. We'd be talking, it'd be 1.25. And she hadn't left the building yet. So she was always late to these meetings. And she was late coming into work. And she would say that it was because... You know, her son, she just couldn't leave her son at daycare. Well, you know, when you know that about yourself, if you know you're going to have a hard time separating from your child at daycare, then leave work or leave for the daycare 15 minutes earlier, which means you got to get up 15 minutes earlier. Don't just be late. All right, I'm off the soapbox on that one. Can you tell that's important to me? Number seven, don't check your email or voicemail during meetings. So, I experienced this one recently with someone who was constantly checking her email or she was checking her phone. Who knows what she was doing? I think it was email. But it was the thing is, the rest of the people in the meeting, all we saw was someone who was not engaged with the meeting. She was sidetracked with her phone. It could have been really important stuff, but that's not the point. We were there to have a meeting. We were there to, to help each other out. And she was disengaged and on her phone. Really sets a bad precedence. Number eight. Make eye contact with the person speaking and give them your undivided attention. So kind of the rule of thumb is when someone else is speaking, you want to have nearly 100% eye contact. Look at them pretty much continuously. When you're the one talking, you want to have about 60% eye contact. So you don't have to stare. It's kind of creepy if you stare at the other person while you're speaking. But I want you to really be engaged visually with someone else when they're speaking. Number nine, I Stay home when you are sick. You are not doing yourself any favors and you are certainly not doing your coworkers any favor. It pisses them off if you are sneezing and coughing and Lord knows what else is going on, especially if there's even the chance that what you have is contagious. People just cannot follow around behind you with, you know, sanitizing spray and bacterial wipes. So really just stay home, get well. Um, if you, you know, need to do some work at home, I'm sure somebody can, you know, make that happen for you so that you're not, you know, missing out on something that you really have to get done. But really just give yourself that time and space to heal and spare everybody else. Number 10, put your cell phone on vibrate during meetings or while at work. Oi, on that one, right? So, yeah, be aware of your phone. Turn it off, turn it on silent, vibrate, whatever. Number 11, avoid eating at your desk. This is a big one, okay? So and there's a couple of reasons for this. Eating at your desk can be kind of offensive if you're in a close working environment with other people. And let's say you've, you're having pastrami today, right? You ordered in a pastrami sandwich or you brought something from home. You know, you've heated up in the microwave, so now the kitchen smells and your, your desk smells. So sometimes it can be an odor issue. It can be kind of sensitive. There's also the issue of, you know, food can leave a mess sometimes. But beyond that, here's the problem with eating at your desk. Lunch is one of your primary times to network. 
having lunch with coworkers outside of your department, maybe even inside your department, having lunch and going to meetings of some sort, like maybe you belong to some sort of organization that has lunch meetings, getting out of your office, meeting people from outside your organization. That's how you network. And if you're sitting at your desk eating lunch every day, you are missing what I consider to be the prime real estate for networking. Number 12, please be aware of how loud your voice is and, and modulate accordingly. I talked about this a little bit last week about kind of, you know, talking too slow or too fast, but also talking too loudly. Um, I know I work in a coffee shop one day a week with a, a friend of mine. Um, we're both entrepreneurs, and so it gets us out of our out of our offices, out of our home offices. And there are a couple people who just don't seem to be, they come into that coffee shop regularly, and they just don't seem to be aware of how loud their voice is, and they're carrying on private conversations, or, or not necessarily private, but they're just not, they don't concern the whole coffee shop, and yet we're all hearing it. Um, so just be aware of how loud your voice is. Number 13, I strongly urge you to avoid any kind of fragrances at work. Perfume, cologne, um, if you have a lot of scent in your hair products, just be very aware of people like me who are very sensitive. I, when I was a supervisor, would have to send people home. I would have to tell them, you know, please don't ever wear that again. And it was strictly because my throat would close up, my eyes would, would start to burn, my nose would burn, because I have a sensitivity to fragrance. And there are a lot of us out there. So please, I know, talking about the coffee shop, there was a guy, he worked in a, some kind of a medical setting because he had on scrubs and he came in for a coffee and he sat at the table next to me. I was working and he was just sitting there waiting for his coffee to be done. And I started to close up just from him. And he was, you know, a good five, six feet away from me. That's how strong his cologne was. So please be aware of that. Number 14. Ladies, this is really for you. Don't wear revealing or otherwise inappropriate clothing. We're going to talk about that more at the end of the month with my guest speaker. But just know that uh, you don't want that reputation at work. You do not. Enough said. Fifteen. Always hold sensitive conversations in private. I can so remember going up to my boss one time at Columbus State University with a question. And I happened to grab her in the middle of the lobby. And she took offense to my question, which was weird in itself, but she chose to dress me down in the lobby um, because she didn't like my question. And I, I really felt very offended by that, and I felt disrespected by that. So if you have to have a sensitive conversation with a coworker or your boss or whomever, make sure that it's in a private place so that they don't feel embarrassed. Number 16, take responsibility for your actions. If you screw up, admit it and make it right. There's no professional upside in lying about it or trying to cover something up. Just deal with it. We all make mistakes. If we don't make mistakes, it's because we're not doing anything. We're not trying new things. We're not taking any chances. So it's super important that you make mistakes. Just take responsibility for whatever you have done wrong or right, just take responsibility for your actions. Number 17, 
respect other people's space and property. So whether this is their desk in their workspace, whether it's, you know, the there's a coat room somewhere and they've got some stuff in there, um, just be aware that people can be very put off by you coming into their office and even taking something as small as a paperclip, it feels like a bit of an invasion. So uh, just be aware of that. Number 18, keep your personal activities to a minimum at work. Now notice I'm not saying don't do them because we're all going to have to make a phone call to make a, you know, a hair appointment or we need to get our car serviced or, um, you know, we're, the doctor's calling to verify our, our next appointment. But you want to keep those to a minimum. You don't want to, to spend a significant amount of your employer's time, which they're paying you for to do their work, doing something else. Number 19, do not take anyone else's food or drink from the fridge or the kitchen, right? So whatever the setup is in your kitchen, however, like people's stuff is, do you put your name on it, whatever the deal is, and just if it's not yours, if you didn't put it in that kitchen, then don't take it. And I'm not talking about, you know, somebody brought in a plate of cookies for everybody to share or donuts. I'm talking about their lunch or their, you know, their afternoon Coke or whatever it is. And number 20. Don't use the speakerphone feature where others can hear you. So this applies to work, but also this has become probably my number one pet peeve in out in the you know world, right? So at my coffee shop, I'm just fascinated by people who will turn on the speaker function of their phone. And so not only do I have to listen to them talk on the phone when I'm trying to work, but I have to listen to the other person's answer. And it's super annoying. It's super unprofessional. And it's just it's just a real irritation. So don't use your speakerphone feature when others can hear you. I, I don't know why you would want that whole conversation on display anyway. So those are my 20 top tips for work etiquette. Let me give you those real quick. Again, stand when you're being introduced. State your full name when you're being introduced. Practice a firm business handshake. Dress appropriately for your work environment and the tasks you'll be performing that day and your body type. Be generous with written thank you notes. Always arrive on time. Don't check your email or voicemail during meetings. Make eye contact with people speaking. Stay home when you're sick. Put your cell phone on vibrate during meetings. Avoid eating at your desk. Be aware of how loud your voice is. Avoid perfume and cologne at work. Don't wear revealing or otherwise inappropriate clothing. Always hold sensitive conversations in private. Take responsibility for your actions. Respect others' space and property. Keep personal activities at work to a minimum. Don't take anyone else's food or drink from the kitchen or the fridge. And don't use the speaker phone feature where others can hear you. Now, what do you do when other people offend these rules? Well, here are some tips. I've got five for you. Number one, don't reciprocate their bad behavior. So just, you know, if you found out someone was gossiping about you, don't go gossiping to other people to complain about how they gossiped because that you just lowered yourself to their level. So don't reciprocate their bad behavior. Number two, stay calm and try to be sympathetic to the occasional bad behavior. So can you chalk this behavior today up to this person is not having a good day. Something's going on that's affecting their, this is not like them. They don't normally behave this way. Number three, address the offending behavior directly rather than speaking to a coworker about it. So that kind of gets back to that whole gossip thing. Don't reciprocate their bad behavior. If they're gossiping, don't gossip about them, but just address them directly. 
Number four, talk to the offender in private. So same thing I talked about earlier. Don't have that conversation, that sensitive conversation out in a public place. And number five, understand your company's policies and procedures for reporting infractions. This may be something that is, is significant enough that it needs to be reported to human resources. There, every company should have a policy for reporting infractions. So, you know, excessive, um, you know, use of company time for personal business. There's probably something in the handbook about that. So it doesn't hurt to know about those things ahead of time and kind of have that in the back of your head to know what is considered a, a, an infraction that I would need to report and what would be the process for uh, making that report. All right, so again, to, to deal with offenders of office etiquette, don't reciprocate their bad behavior. Stay calm and try to be sympathetic if you can, especially if it's sort of a an unusual uh, circumstance, an unusual situation. This is not typical for that person. Address the offending behavior directly rather than talking to someone else about it. I, and when I say someone else, I'm talking about a coworker. I'm, you know, it may be that you need to talk to your boss about it. That may be completely appropriate, but certainly not a coworker. Talk to the offender in private, and then also understand your company's policies for reporting infractions if it is of that level. All right. So I hope this has helped. A little bit about work etiquette. Next week, we're going to do dining etiquette, so business meal etiquette. And I promise it'll be fun because I used to teach this, and we had a blast. I had students who would come to my etiquette dinners like umpteen times. Like every semester, they wanted to be in my dinners because they were so much fun. We had a blast. So I'm going to try to make it fun on a podcast as well. Remember, August is podcast month. So rate, review, subscribe, like me on on uh, Facebook at the Exclusive Career Coach, uh, I mean, excuse me, Exclusive Career Coaching. Uh, follow me on Instagram at lisa.edwards. Uh, find me on LinkedIn and follow my Exclusive Career Coaching business page. And all of those things will get you into a drawing for which I'm giving away that $260 gift. And then my next webinar is coming up on August 14th. It's called Choosing a Career Path. And you'll have an opportunity to ask me Q&A and also to get coached by me. So do it. Have a fantastic week, guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we?